Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. That's Thomas Rhett. Look what God gave her. You've got Joe Welke here. Kristen is out. Bob is out. I guess I'm the last guy in that gets to do this. We'll do a little bit of update on the Welke Land and Cattle Company. We're still sitting at 53 calves. We're struggling a little bit with a little bit of the mud, but everybody seems to be coming out on top. And and Charlie the Skunk was out at the house again, spraying his fragrance out. I don't know if Charlie's a boy or a girl, but my dog got to stay outside last night. And she may be turning into an outside dog permanently if she keeps up what she's been doing. So let's take a look at our weather Today, our high, we're not going to be moving around much because right now we're sitting at 37. And today, our high is only supposed to be 39 and cloudy. And we've had, boy, we've had enough of those winds around this weekend. Blew over a shed from at my house again. And, you know, you, didn't, you don't keep the leaves in the yard when it's like that. Tonight, our temperature is supposed to be 25. With tomorrow, we're supposed to actually be partly sunny with a high of 44. Tomorrow night, we're going to drop down to 23 degrees. But Wednesday is 48 for a high. Thursday, 47 and partly sunny. And Friday, we're supposed to get up to 57 degrees, which, you know, we're still well below what we should be. But at least we're going to be heading into partly sunny. And I do not want to talk about the weekend weather because I'm thinking we're going to might get a little wet again. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Marquardt Motors is the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned selections arriving daily. Check them out on the lot or at MarquardtMotors.com. And here we are at Wax 104.5. And let's take a listen to Thomas Rhett. Oh, excuse me. Hicktown by Jason Aldean. We've got a lot of chores to get through today with the busy day out there. And 
And first, we're gonna, one of the things we're going to talk about is sustainability agriculture. Then we're going to talk about ethanol production along with egg production in Wisconsin and around the world. And we are even going to reach back into the archives of one of Bob's interviews and talk to Randy Roker. He's a farmer, and he's going to tell us about his operation along with the challenges that he has faced throughout the years with his expansion and just, you know, those challenges in farming seem to number a lot. But we're going to get through a bunch of chores first here on Wax 104.5. And we're going to start out with some national news. And it is almost, oh, it is 5 o'clock. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The U.S. is ready to send diplomats back to Ukraine. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said U.S. diplomats would return to the war-torn country in the coming days following a meeting with Ukrainian officials on Sunday. We're doing it deliberately. Uh, we're doing it carefully. We're doing it with the security of our personnel foremost in mind, but we're doing it. Blinken, along with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, traveled to Kiev on Sunday to meet with the country's leaders. Representative Henry Cuellar is urging President Biden to extend a public health rule that currently authorizes deportations of immigrants flocking to the southern border. This message of lifting Title 42 is going to go straight to the criminal organizations. Appearing on Fox News Sunday, the Texas Democrats say the administration is listening to immigration activists, but not people who would be on the front lines of a migrant surge. According to Cuellar, whose district concludes part of the southern border, those were not just law enforcement officers, but concerned citizens living in border communities. It looks like Twitter is considering an offer from the world's richest person. The board of directors reportedly met yesterday and are said to be in serious talks about a possible deal. Tesla CEO Elon Musk wants to buy the social media giant for $46 billion. Musk already owns a 9% stake in the company. The leader of France is vowing to be a president for all. Emmanuel Macron said that in his victory speech after becoming the first French president in 20 years to be re-elected. He won 58% of the vote after polls closed last night. He'll now serve a five-year term. World leaders sent their congratulations, including President Biden, who says he looks forward to their continued close cooperation. And a top infectious disease expert calls the ruling to end the travel mask mandate a real challenge. Dr. Michael Osterholm is from the University of Minnesota. He told ABC News the virus isn't over, even though many say they're done with the pandemic. He pointed out the mask mandate won't stop the need for public health measures, since trends in the pandemic can always change. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at our markets, brought to us by Rural Mutual Insurance. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer. But did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And as I said before, this is Jill Welke, and we're going to jump right into our markets. For our cash price for our livestock, choice fed beef stars are one, 
37 to 144 with mixed at 121 to 136. Choice fed beef heifers are 133 to 145 with mixed at 110 to 133. Choice fed Holstein steers are 120 to 134 with selects coming in at 80 to 119. Cows are 65 to 82 with a top of 90 and a half. Bulls are 95 to 114 and with butcher hogs at 71 to 91 and a half. Sows are coming in at 62 to 89 with boars 25 to 36 and a half. New crop market lambs are 180 to 265 with old crop market lambs 150 to 190 and feeder lambs are up to $6. Now let's take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Our corn is trending downward, but for July we're at 782 down 6 cents. Oats 722 up 3 cents with soybeans 1660 down 27 cents. Soybean meal is $446 a ton in July down $6 and wheat is at, at for July is at 11.52 up 3 cents and wheat is the only one that is trending upward. Now we're going to take a look at our carcass for April carcasses, live cattle carcasses, April 142.45, down 165. June is 138.42.5, down $1.47.5. August is 147.37.5, down $1.20. And those carcasses are trending downward. Our feeder cattle... For April, 157.95, down 50 cents. May's 163.87 and a half, down 97 and a half cents. August, 176.90, up 45 cents. And that one is going down for a bit, and then it seems to be going up for the markets. For our lean hog carcasses, May, 111.85, down, or up a dollar. For June, one eighteen seventy seven and a half, up one sixty. For July, one twenty oh two, up one forty. And August, one eighteen oh seven, up a dollar five. And that's a little look at our markets. We're gonna do some more chores, and then we're gonna be taking a look at some farm news. Keeping it rural, Wax one o four point five, and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at some temperatures around the area. Eau Claire is sitting at 37. Medford is sitting at 36. Rice Lake is 37. Wausau is 39. Green Bay is 48 and cloudy. Marshfield is 37 and cloudy. With La Crosse coming in at 41. Madison is 44 and clear. And Milwaukee is our hot spot of the state that I rep- looked at at 49. And they are partly cloudy down there with some suns and sun and the clouds moving back and forth. Hopefully we'll stay dry today, but boy, we're not going to see a lot of movement on our temperature and going up. And we are well below normal where we should be. But the winds out there, boy, they moved stuff around yesterday on us. Didn't have to, uh, had to hold on to your hat and put it in lock. So let's take a look at some farm news. Animal agriculture takes sustainability seriously. Concepts related to responsible and sustainable agriculture is not a new idea for the American farmer. The most recent edition of the Animal Agriculture Alliance Sustainability Impact Report states that farmers consider sustainability a continuous journey 
that is a promise to future generations to produce safe and nutritious animal protein economically and responsibly by caring for the land, air, water, and livestock in a socially responsive manner. U.S. farmers lead the world in their sustainability efforts. U.S. pork producers have a goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 40% by the year 2030. U.S. beef producers are committed to reach carbon neutrality by by the year 2040, with U.S. dairy producers working to achieve greenhouse gas neutrality by the year 2050. Because of social media and increased interest in food production by consumers, farmers have been provided with the opportunities to showcase how they are part of the sustainability solution. U.S. pork producers are providing more pounds of meat on 76% less land and reducing water use by 25% since 1960. One three-ounce serving of lean beef is low in calories, yet delivers half the daily protein recommended for adults. And U.S. dairy producers supply protein requirements for of more than half of the U.S. population and calcium requirements of 77% of Americans. Farmers continue to provide, the, to provide the food, fuel, and fiber that are needed by billions of families around the world. The Sustainability Impact Report shows the nutrition and food security benefits of meat, milk, poultry, and eggs along with farmers' efforts to improve animal agriculture's commitment to a healthy environment. Let's move on to the ethanol. Ethanol production is down for the second week in a row. According to data released by U.S. Energy Information Administration, daily production of fuel ethanol was below 1 million barrels for the second week in a row. The production of fuel ethanol has declined in the last four weeks for a total production decrease of nearly 5%. The decline in production is causing ethanol stocks to shrink from over 24.8 million barrels to under 24.4 million barrels, a decrease of almost 2%. If these production levels continue to stay below 1 million barrels per week, ethanol stocks levels are sure to dwindle. Wisconsin egg production is down in March. According to the USDA's latest chicken and eggs report, Wisconsin's hens laid 8% fewer eggs than last month to drop to 150 million, which is down 21% from last year. Layers in production in March totaled just over 6 million, down 15% from last month and 21% lower than last year. Nationally, hens produced 9.39 billion eggs in March, only 1% lower this year. Total laying hens, total laying hens numbered 373 million in the United States, a decrease of 5% from last year. The question now is being asked, is avian flu starting to affect egg production? And that's a look at some of our farm news where we've got uh, a farmer, Randy Randy Roker. He's a farm operator, and he's going to tell us about some challenges that he's had in the past. And he's going to, somebody that Bob talked to way last fall, 
but some of these interviews are timeless and really take, um, they can be used at any time and really have a good message out there. And they're very useful and good to talk about. And as I said, this today, our temperature is not going to be moving around much. We're just going to see a high of 39. And tonight we're going to have a low of 25. Tomorrow is only going to get up to 44. And tomorrow night down to 23. But we should have a little bit of sun moving in. And that maybe will take some of the breath out. Help to take some of the, keep some of our breath in. And I believe our wind is supposed to start calming down a little bit. We're still well below where we should be this time of the year. And hopefully we can get those temperatures up and get things moving. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to move on to the interview that Bob did with Randy. Of the land, and we get a chance during the course of the year to talk to a lot of farmers. And this goes back to World Dairy Expo last fall in Madison. Again, we do so many interviews, sometimes we lose track of them. This one kind of got away from us, but very interesting. Randy Recker is a dairy farmer with his family in the Loganville area. The farm's been in his family for a long time, and he had a lot of challenges to overcome over the years, as all farmers do, some more serious than others. We talked to Randy about that, but also about the operation, what it's all about. Actually, my grandfather started it back in the 1930s, and so then after I went to college, I came back and you know helped my dad out there. So now my daughter and her husband are involved too, so it's actually the fourth generation of our farm. We farm 750 acres, and we milk 300 Holsteins. And uh, what are you raising on those 700 acres? Uh, corn, and mainly corn for corn silage. We buy a lot of our grain, and then, of course, alfalfa hay. Now, over the years, every dairy farmer has had challenges. Some have overcome them. Some of them, unfortunately, have lost the operation. You had your challenges, and you came back. Tell me about uh, how you did that, because you did have some serious challenges, but what in your mind or support group got you to come back and come back with a vengeance? Well, back in uh, 2006, I expanded my dairy, and we were milking 190 cows in a 50-stall stanchion barn. That's so a lot we, of switch cows. Yeah, it was 12 hours a day milking, and it was pretty bad. So we built a new uh, freestall and milking parlor operation, and of course, then we all know what happened in 2008. And I got stuck in the middle of that, and it was you know the worldwide recession, and I thought my world was collapsing around me, and there wasn't anything I could do about it, but in my mind, I felt that I was a failure. So I suffered depression pretty bad, and I mean, I hit rock bottom, and it almost cost me my life, and I managed to pull through that okay. So then in 2018, unfortunately, we lost a neighboring farmer to suicide, and that sent me back to where I was, you know, years ago, and I vowed I'd never let that happen to anybody else again. So I started this group down at our local church in Loganville, and it was basically to get together and talk about what happened. Locally? Locally. And it was just, you know, the farmers in our area. And it was like 50 people at that first meeting. At that meeting, we had a reporter there from the Wisconsin State Journal. And that was picked up then and went across the country on the AP network. And then the next thing you know, we had uh, NBC Nightly News did a story with myself and then the widow of that farmer that we lost. And then uh, Soledad O'Brien was there and did a TV story. And the next thing you knew, I was at Farm Aid, and it was with Willie Nelson. It just took off. So uh, the last thing that happened, now I filmed a PBS documentary back in July. A lady came from London, and it's all focusing on farmer mental health and the things that we can do to help farmers out. 
When you had that first meeting and 50 farmers showed up, were you surprised, just your local community and your local church, were you surprised by that number? And what was the discussion about at that first meeting? Well, you know, Bob, the thing with farmers in depression is, you know, farmers are tough. And you're usually... And also a, private. That's very private. And nobody wants to talk about it. And that's what we're doing. We're shedding light on this issue out there right now. And we're making it okay to talk about this, you know, that people should come out. And, you know, don't hold this in. So it's really, it's okay to not be okay is what it is. Now, the name of your organization that you founded, it's kind of evolved. That's right. It started off with just a, at our local church. And I think it was called Farm Neighbors Care or something like that. And then we got involved with our local health department in Sauk County. And then it got big and we wanted to actually spread it out further because we had people driving from three hours away to come to these meetings because, you know, you're embarrassed and you don't want to be seen in your local area. So we wanted to open it up more. So then uh, that's what happened. And so we changed it now. It's called the Farmer Angel Network. And basically it's in remembrance of that farmer that we lost. And that He's an angel looking down on the rest of us down here. And that's what we did. So we're f- focusing right now on farmer mental health and building our strong rural communities. And we'd like this summer, we had a fun movie night at a drive-in theater in Richland Center. And we had over 200 people that came to that just for a fun night. And that's what we're doing. We have speakers that come in to help farmers cope with mental health is what we do. What kind of a a structure, an organization, because you're a farmer, I I don't think you'd consider yourself an expert, although you did go through some of these things and overcome it. But do you have volunteer psychologists or social workers or whatever kind of people you think you need? If people get a hold of us, we refer them like to the Farm Crisis Center down here in Madison, and they can provide you with uh, vouchers, free vouchers, to go for some you know, counseling sessions is what it is, and a lot of people have taken advantage of that. So we have the resources that we can steer people in the right direction. I've taken a class that you know I can be there to listen to people, but I can't, you know, I'm not a medical expert, but I can listen to them. And, you know, that's the thing that's the most important is to be there to listen to people. And, and I know in my own situation, I felt like nobody cared. And if you just have somebody there to listen, that's the most important thing. How do folks get in touch with the Farmer Angel Network? Is it online or where, where can we do it, even though you're here in Wisconsin down in Loganville? Well, that's, you can look us up. We're on Facebook, the Farmer Angel Network, or myself, Randy Roker. I'm one of the members of the group there, and we can steer you in the right direction to get some help then. I hate to ask this question, but is your organization, is it expanding? Are you finding more and more farmers are coming for some kind of help or just somebody to talk to? Definitely. I've had farmers from five different states contact me that they don't know where to turn. I had a farmer from uh, South Africa even email me that he didn't know what to do. So this, uh, you know, this organization is really doing some good out there to help these people. How much of this does it take of your time? You're still a dairy farmer. You're still a young guy able to do a lot of farm work. Is this taking up more time than you thought? And I know you, you don't mind that to help people. I'm very fortunate that this organization, I mean, it's hard for me even to make the meetings, I'll be honest with you. Most of them are at 5 o'clock, and I'm in the barn working at that time. But uh, we're very fortunate to have a lot of people involved with this that are just super. They take care of it. And we're receiving donations all the time. And just last week, we received a $2,600 donation. And what that does is allows us to continue these programs to support farmers, bring in speakers, and things like that. How many programs do you have, outreach programs, will you have? I know you're on Facebook with a little guidance there. But do you have regularly scheduled meetings, discussion groups, things like that? 
Of course, before COVID, we were getting together. It's usually during the winter every month for a soup and sandwich get-together with some speakers there. And, of course, then COVID hit, and a lot of it was on Zoom. And my feeling was that a lot of people were going to start going backwards because farmers, a lot of times, aren't even Wi-Fi equipped. I mean, with rural Internet issues, that you can't do that. And so we need these in-person meetings again, which I think will be starting up again this winter. How do you have time for this? You're on the National DMI board. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're busy on your farm, and you started this uh, labor of love, for lack of a better term. Well, I'm very fortunate to have a good support system at home there. My mom and dad, my mom is 83, my dad's 82. They get up every morning at 3.30 and run all day long. My kids are involved in the farm, so I'm very fortunate to have them at home helping me. Success stories. Have you had people go through the, the program and kind of give them a breath of fresh air and they really gotten back on their feet? Oh, you betcha. We've had a lot of success stories coming out of this. You know, people just needed somebody to talk to. And, you know, if you're there to listen, that, that makes a big difference to people that are going through this. When I went through it, too... There's nobody out there. When I went through it in 2008, 2009, I felt nobody cared. My family didn't know anything about depression. Nobody's ever had it before. But it's very real, and it's something to be taken seriously. And again, for those that are maybe feeling a little depressed, that uh, every place they turn, it's a dead-end road, or so they think. How can they get a hold of you and your group and hopefully find some relief? That's right. Yeah, Farmer Angel Network, you know, reach out to us on there on Facebook, you know, Google it, if nothing else. And there again, if farmers don't have access to that, you know, that's the main thing. You know, we want to be there to help people. Randy, a, a great story. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Bob. All right, Randy Roker, again, a dairy farmer from Loganville, and he started the Farmer Angel Network. And if you've got challenges on the farm, feeling depressed, want to talk to somebody, need some help, get a hold of them. Farmer Angel Network. I'm Bob Osold. Thank you, Bob, and for that information. You know, when we're talking about the Farmer Angel Network and we're talking about depression, you know, we are struggling because farmers are thinking now that they need to be in those fields we're really not behind just yet but you know when stuff starts rolling we're going to be hitting it hard and we need to take care of ourselves so we can function and get the job done so up up next we're going to be hearing from rocky olson and premier livestock and then we've got a whole lot more chores to get done wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report Rocky Olson on the line from Premier Livestock. He was telling me that he was out turkey hunting, but it was so windy out there that they, you know, maybe they're just going to have to go to the store to get that turkey this time. I guess, I guess so, but we'll uh, we get a few other seasons coming up here with the other kids, so uh, we'll try to get her done. Well, that's always a good goal. What was happening over at Premier Livestock? Uh, thank you, Jill, and uh, good morning, everyone. This is how last week's market shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We did sell over 2,800 head. Fed cattle sold steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 117 to 128. Choice beef steers and heifers, 126 to 133 on a light test. Market cows uh, strong. High yielding cows from 82 to 94. Uh, most cows trading from 68 to 81. Market bulls high yielding from 95 to a dollar 12. Lower yielding 94 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. 
mostly from 85 to a dollar 20 lower yielding lightweight cows 84 and down newborn holstein bull calves continue strong demand mostly from 125 to 250 we've seen a top on the holstein bull calves on monday at 295 beef calves 125 to 385 holstein heifer calves 10 to 90 Big week this week at Premier. We got three dairy cattle auctions. We got one Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, we're expecting over 1,300 head of dairy cattle this week. Tuesday, we have our special monthly dairy heifer auction. Boy, we got a nice run of heifers. We're expecting over 700 head of dairy heifers, uh, five complete heifer dispersals, uh, one dispersal being all registered calves through bred heifers. Then Wednesday, five herd dispersals, one nice registered Holstein tie stall herd, good quality herd on test. Then we'll have four certified organic herd dispersals, one of them herds being brown Swiss, certified organic, certified grass-fed. Those brown Swiss are also registered with other brown Swiss consignments. Uh, we have uh, lots of other certified organic consignments as well. Then Thursday, uh, we got two complete herd dispersals. Uh, we will not be accepting additional consignments for that sale. Uh, we will have two herds of 150, so selling 300 Holstein Parlor Freestall Cows. Both those herds sell on test. All auctions start at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, if you want to, can't make it and you want to do online bidding, that's available through Cattle USA. Please register for these sales ahead of time. Full detailed listings with pictures at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us anytime, 715-229-2500. And Jill, that's how it uh, shaped up. Sounds like another busy week. It those, is. It is very much so. Looking forward to it. Getting those cattle through. I suppose the little cooler weather helps those cattle move through there just a little bit smoother, too. Yep, yep. They uh, think Saturday is about the only warm day we really had, but, uh, hey, it felt good. So. Yeah, I enjoyed Saturday an awful lot. But here we are. Yep. Maybe we'll just keep going, and we'll, we'll just bump up that temperature a little bit now and then and get to where we need to be. You bet. Sounds good if it comes, but it don't really look too much so that way. Yeah, we got to think on the positive side. It's got to go up from here, right? Yeah, we're hoping so. All right, sounds good, Jill. Yep, you have a great day. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. We're going to be running over to Mike Dandria to hear about the weather in just a minute. Hi, I'm Bob Bosel, inviting you to travel with me to Europe August 1st through the 9th. We'll go to the Oberammergau Passion Play, visit agricultural highlights in Bavaria and Austria. We'll experience the timeless area of Bavaria, the Austrian Alps, and the once-in-a-decade Oberammergau Passion Play. Back in the 17th century, the people of Oberammergau, a woodcarver's village, made a holy covenant to portray the life and death of Jesus every 10 years if a plague would spare their community. Now a world wide phenomenon you can watch the incredible story unfold in addition to this magnificent all-day experience we'll also explore the agriculture of the region we'll visit cattle farms tour a 500 year old salt mine get a glimpse into the cheese making process at a local farm just visit holidayvacations.com keyword wax to learn more about this tour and watch a travel show or call 888-557-1020 for a free brochure we're going to run on over to Mike Dandria with our weather brought to us by Chippewa Valley Bean. Mike, are you on? Yes, I am. Good morning, Jill. How are we doing? We're doing pretty good. Didn't blow away yesterday. Oh, my gosh. It was so windy. I was saying how I saw a few trash cans tipped over on my way to work today, and uh, 
Well, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a little breezy this morning, but not quite uh, not quite as breezy as it was yesterday for sure. Uh, but today we may have uh, just a slight chance of a few rain and potentially some snowflakes working their way in. But aside from that, clouds are really going to dominate, and that's going to keep us on the cooler side of average as we only top out in the low 40s compared to well the 70 degrees that we saw on Saturday. But tonight we'll see a little bit of gradual clearing in the clouds, and that's going to allow us to cool down all the way into the mid-20s. But we will start off with uh, some clouds and sun going into tomorrow with our highs moderating to the mid-40s, so still uh, pretty cool compared to where we should be, about 15 degrees shy. And going into tomorrow night, again, clear conditions persisting, but still going to be very cold out there as we dip into the mid-20s yet again. By Wednesday, things start to change. We get a, more of an increase in the clouds throughout the afternoon, and our temperatures warm up into the upper 40s, but then that's going to set up some chances for rain uh, going into Thursday. Still in the upper 40s, but by Friday, we'll maintain mostly cloudy conditions. Again, another chance at some showers, but we're back into the mid to upper 50s yet again, and that'll set up chances for rain and possibly some thunderstorms as we head into the weekend. Again, hanging out in those mid 50s. Right now in Eau Claire, though, overcast skies, a little quiet out there and a temperature of 36 degrees. Well, I'm okay with it being a little quieter than yesterday. Yeah, you know, I, I would rather the warm temperatures, but, uh, man, was it breezy yesterday. <laughs> yeah, one of my calf sheds flipped over on me again. So, Oh, boy. We're going to have to do some moving on that thing pretty soon because it gets... Oh, what it does is it just rolls right over, and I just flip it back, but we must need to reposition it in the field so we can get better use out of it right yeah figure something out but at least for what it's worth the next couple of days won't be quite that windy no that'll be good all right jill you have a good one you have a great day you too and that was mike dandrea with our weather sprout brought to us by chippewa valley bean brought to you by chippewa valley bean of menominee chippewa valley bean is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings and as you think about what you're planting in your fields chippewa valley bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm if you're looking for new opportunities for your farm give their agronomist ben a call at 715-556-1930 that's 715-556-1930 1930 or visit them at cvbean.com agriculture it's a wisconsin way of life wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report and it's about that news time again and it's time to hear from morgan and see here what the local news is good morning morgan Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today out of that weekend and plugging back into a new week. There's a new face in the race for the Republican side of the ticket and governor in Wisconsin. Builder Tim Michaels announcing that he's running for governor and will launch a million-dollar TV ad blitz starting today. Michaels ran for the U.S. Senate back in 2004 and lost, and he hasn't run since. But Politico say he has plenty of his own money to spend on that race. We'll keep you posted this morning as there are many hats in the ring. We also look at an update as investigators believe the man charged with threatening Eau Claire school board president also threatened other people over gender issues. Prosecutors last week charged 34-year-old Jeremy Hansen of California for threatening Tim Nordine over Eau Claire School's gender policy. We'll talk a little bit more about that this morning as well. Meanwhile, we throw a flag on the folks who run high school sports in Wisconsin. They're looking to stay out of the courtroom. The WIAA is considering rule changes this week that add penalties for anyone who tries to get a judge or a court to overrule a ruling from WIAA officials. The executive director for WIAA, Stephanie Hauser, says the trend of going to court to change what happens in a game or a 
match is a bad one. The move comes after St. Thomas Moore High School went to a judge to try to reverse a team suspension and stay in the state high school basketball tourney. Hauser said it's hard enough to get officials and manage high school sports. Adding the threat of lawsuits will only make it harder. How about we take it from the playbook to the skies? Deadly avian flu spreading across our area and the Department of Natural Resources wants you to maybe be careful with those feeders and baths as well. Wildlife veterinarian Lindsay Long here saying keep those clean and tidy for our feathered friends. Removing old seed, removing fecal material, and washing bird feeders regularly, like once a week or once every other week, is always a good recommendation to follow. If you do have a nearby river, stream, or wetland, maybe be on the lookout for waterfowl or ducks that waddle up to the feeder and try to keep those in the songbirds from mingling. And while we're talking about feathers, eyes to the sky with an update on that bald eagle. Remember that one that was shot in our area earlier this month? We can tell you that the Raptor Education Group has an update and says the bird is recovering from a broken wing and a case of lead poisoning. Though in terms of answers about who may have shot it, that still remains a question mark, an $18,000 reward for more information leading to the unrest and conviction in that case. And you can always find more headlines online and updates when you go to 715newsroom.com. And now we take it back to the barn. Jill Welke leading the way this morning on the Midwest Farm Show. And then just after 6, it's Alex. We might need a bigger pitchfork, right? He comes in for the Wax Morning Show, and we're live, local, and right along with you on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. We might need a bigger pitchfork for Alex. You're the one that knows him better than I. But it is really good to hear that that bald eagle is recovering and hopefully will be able to be out and about again as it should be. We're going to move on to a few more chores and then we're going to be moving on to markets. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 18 minutes before 6 o'clock, and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and the Equity Altoona Market from last Thursday. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.15 to $1.35. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.10 to $1.32. Yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.21 to $1.31. Choice Holstein steers, $1.10 to $1.20. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.09 and down. Top 20% of the cow cows sold from 82 to 90. We had a top of 91. 60% of the cows sold from 68 to 81. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 67 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 85 to $1.05. We had a top of a dollar ten and a half. Bottom twenty percent of the organic cows sold from eighty four and down. Cold bulls sold from seventy to a dollar. Thin, full horned, and lightweight bulls all discounted. Eighty percent of the ninety five pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from seventy to one hundred and sixty five dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from seventy dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from one hundred to two hundred and twenty dollars per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, April 22nd, starting at noon. We are expecting five to 600 head of feeders for that sale, as well as a few bred beef cows. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thanks, Jim, for that report. I have, geez, I have somebody on the line. I have Jerry Fitzgerald from Stratford on the line to tell me about Equity Stratford. What's going on up there? Do you guys windy up there, too? Yo, good morning to you. Yeah, it's uh, well, not quite as windy as it was yesterday. That was just insane. 
you think we're living in, I don't know, where it gets windy all the time. But, uh, nah, it's still cold and windy this morning, 37 degrees. It's just uh, not one of those days where you, uh, you know, where you could go sit on the deck and do something. But, anyway, that's uh but at least we are avoiding some of the really bad storms if you look around the country. So but it's going to be uh, whatever. We'll just be a little later. And, uh, well, like you said, the wind kind of dries stuff off. So the guys that are on the ground are hopefully all is doing real well at your place, right? Yeah, everybody's when they're When they get dried out, they've been doing real, really good. I'm very pleased. But I will have to say that their hair definitely stands on end this time of the year with all this wind out there well there how, how can we say this thing so no matter what comes they'll be ready for it you bet and all I right well we'll give the uh, folk, uh update on what's going on here at equity stratford and jill thank you and a very good morning to everyone uh, a full marketing week on tap here at equity stratford as we begin the last week here in april get underway this morning at 9 30 a.m these we do sell cow cows uh, conventional market cows of course here on monday along with fat cattle and the bulls we sell baby calves here on Monday at uh, at eleven thirty, and of course we've seen a, a pretty uh, good strong cow market the last week. Also with the calves, a little bit weaker on last Thursday, but uh, uh, still good strong market on those bull calves and the beef calves. Tomorrow we start at ten o'clock. Uh, a hay straw auction, and we all have we have uh, bedding available on the consignment list for that tomorrow. Eleven o'clock tomorrow will be the market auction on Tuesdays. Every Tuesday here at Equity Stratford, we sell organic market cows. A good strong market on those continues along with the conventional market cows. It is at 10 o'clock, full marketing day on Wednesday, including market cattle, sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Also, our feeder cattle sale this week will be a noontime start. Also, on Thursday, our auction does start at 11 with market cattle and baby calves. So, we have a full marketing week on tap here, folks. We can invite you to take a look at our website. Also, a lot of good information on our website, Equity Co op, on the Stratford page. I guess that's what we have here this morning. We'll be back here tomorrow to update our market activity from today's activity, give you fresh numbers with activity. And, Jill, I guess uh, no big fancy weather operation today, is it? It is not. It's staying pretty pretty darn consistent and a little bit boring in my world. But, you know, I would love to see that sun this weekend, and hopefully we can pack some more Sundays in a row coming up. Like I said before, we've got a lot of folks in, well, even here in the Midwest, upper Midwest. I was yesterday after that huge storm they had in the Dakotas. Now there's areas, so we got to count our blessings. We definitely do. We're still standing on the ground, and we get up every morning, right? Now that's true. So you enjoy the day, and we'll be talking to you also tomorrow morning, correct? You bet. I'll be back. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. Up next, I'm going to be hearing from Michelle Tureen. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Okay. I am lucky enough. And I'm lucky enough to have Michelle Tureen on the line to tell me about Tureen Livestock. She was just telling me how her heating bill was so much lost last year. I agree. It's going to make a difference this year, but that's okay. Maybe we'll have a long, hot fall. <laughs> well, we can always hope. You know, you got to have goals. 
I know, right? Yeah. That's just it. You know we're not going to have a very long spring. It's just going to go right into summer. So you just have to be prepared for that. Well, and I'm looking forward to summertime. I'm not going to lie. Uh, just anything with some sun. <laughs> sun, sun. Yesterday morning was beautiful up until probably like 11 o'clock. So. Well, as long as you had your hat unlocked, it, unlocked it exactly. would be, you'd be all right. Well, yeah, this wind is something. Yep. Tell me what was happening up at Terrine. All right. Thank you, Jill. Summing up the week of April 18th at Terrine Livestock Market and the Slaughter Market, we tapped at 92. 81% of the cows sold from 70 and above. Market cows were 80 to 91. Low-yielding cows, 69 to 79. Thin and weak cows, 68 and lower. And the Holstein Steel Market Choice and Prime, 114 to 128. Selects were 112 and down. Four B-type steers and Heifer's Choice, 118 to 136. Selects were 116 and down. In the bull market, high-yielding beef types came in at 90 to 108, with utilities at 87 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality hosting bull calves up from 110 to $280 per head. Lighter and lower quality calves, $45 per head and down. Hosting heifer calves were 10 to $50 per head. Beef cost calves, 100 to 380 per head. In the hog market, butcher hogs were 90 to 96 and a half. Sows were 68 to 92 and a half. Boars were 40 and down. Today will be our next sale. We'll start with calves at 5 p.m. For today's sale, we have consignment of five beef cows with calves. If you have any questions or you need trucking, give us a call at the market at 715-669-7127. And check us out on the web at tlmthorpe.com. For all of us at Trim Livestock, your family owns an upright market. Have a great day. Well, I will have to comment, Michelle, that you sound a whole lot more smooth today than you did last week. I'll tell you, I feel a lot better than I did last week, too. Just the voice thing and the coughing and whatever, but hopefully the weather will not interfere again. So Hopefully not. Cross your fingers. Yep, and you have a great day and stay warm. You too. Take care. And that was Michelle Terrine from Terrine Livestock in Thorpe. We're going to run right into our markets. So our country elevator prices, wheat in Chippewa Falls and Connersville location is corn is at seven twenty two, with soybeans at sixteen oh two. Golden Plump in Arcadia is at seven thirty two for their corn. Baldwin is at seven eleven for corn, sixteen eleven for soybeans. Duran's at seven oh six and sixteen eleven. Mondovi and Elmwood are at seven eleven for their corn, with Mondovi at sixteen eleven for soybeans, and Elmwood at sixteen sixteen for their soybeans. Fall Creek is at seven oh one and sixteen oh one. Osteo sitting at seven sixteen with sixteen sixteen for their soybeans. Elk Mound is seven eighteen and sixteen oh seven, with Sparta at seven twenty four and sixteen oh six. Ellsworth at six ninety three and fifteen eighty eight, with Doomers from Holman and Buck Country Arcadia, they're at seven twenty seven and sixteen oh seven for soybeans. Are ethanol plants? Boyceville's at seven thirty one, Stanley's at seven thirty three, and New Richmond's at seven twenty eight. And taking one last look at our Chicago Board of Trade for our July corn is seven eighty two down six. Oats is seven twenty two up three with soybeans at sixteen sixty down twenty seven cents with the wheat at eleven fifty two up three and rolling on over to our dairy products. Barrels are at seven 
<laughs> Excuse me. Barrels are at 237 with no change from yesterday. And 40 pound blocks are at 239 and a quarter, up three. Our gray double A butters at 266 and three quarters, down two and a quarter. Our class three milk for April is at 2432, up a penny. May is at 2455, down two cents. With June at 2478, down four cents. With that trending going down through the end of the year. And that's what I have for markets. Our weather today is going to only get up to 39 and be cloudy. Hopefully not as windy. Tomorrow, our high is 44 with partly sunny. Wednesday, Thursday, our high is in the upper 40s with Friday reaching into the upper 50s. And your Sky 113 weather is brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Marquardt Motors is hiring an auto body technician and an office administrative position. Marquardt Motors offers a competitive salary with a generous benefit package. Now to wrap up our show, we got a few more chores and then we are going to jump. We've got to do our alfalfa program and then we're going to jump into a few more chores and then we're going to wrap it up. And here is Dan. If you haven't checked those alfalfa stands, there are various reasons to do it. We're going to talk about one of those this morning with Dr. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And Dan, residue in the field, leftover residue. How how much of a factor is it as far as first cutting, as far as affecting quality, quantity, yield, things like that? The short answer is not much effect on first cutting quality, Bob. It looks a lot worse than it actually is. Uh, I mean, the good news for those that left some residue is it does help winter survival. It does help the green up in the spring. And the residue probably, because it insulated the crown a little bit, will give us a few more stems and a little more yield on first cutting. So those are all good things. In many cases, we had some of the height. You see some of the stems left. But the the important thing to remember is that about 80% of what was there last fall is gone. The leaves have come off. They've fallen down on the ground, and and they will recycle. Uh, The upper part of the plant uh, likely broke off, and all that you have is the lower portion of some of the stems. We looked at this uh, years ago when we actually had a two-ton alfalfa yield in the fall that we left in the field. And that's more than most people would probably leave. I would guess most of us leave three-quarters to a ton if we leave any in the fall. Uh, When we had that two-ton yield and then came back and harvested first cutting and we hand-sorted out the brown stems from the green, uh, the first thing was is that out of the 4,000 pounds in the fall, only 600 pounds was there in the stand in the spring. And, in fact, that little bit that was there in with the spring growth and yield was uh, enough only to uh, increase the fiber about half a percent and lower the protein one or two-tenths of a percent. And certainly is definitely not worth driving over the field to knock it down or to try to get rid of it. Uh, You have the extra cost, the labor, and the damage to the stand. So if we leave some alfalfa in the fall, that does help winter survival. It does improve uh, first cutting yield. But I would not make any effort to remove any remaining residue prior to harvesting first cutting.
Very good advice with Dan Undersander. Dan, of course, our state forage specialist with us this morning on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And that was the end of the chores that I had. We've got a few more at, or a few more chores to run through, and then we're going to close it off. And that's what I have for you today. And, well, hear from you tomorrow.